Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 9th of July. A massive boost to Australia's vaccine supplies as Sydney's COVID crisis continues to spiral out of control. Overnight, the federal government announced it struck a major deal with Pfizer to triple our weekly doses from 300,000 to close to 1 million from the 19th of July. The extra vaccines are set to come from Europe and will be a major boost to the bungled rollout of our vaccination program. It comes as New South Wales police launch a COVID crackdown on a number of suburbs in Sydney's southwest as they struggle to control the city's growing outbreak. Around 100 extra police will be out in force to ensure residents are complying with stay-at-home orders, with highway patrol officers, the dog unit and mounted police also called in. 38 locally acquired cases of COVID were recorded in Sydney yesterday, the largest number of cases since the outbreak began. 21 of those infections were recorded in the city's southwest. Authorities are concerned about low testing numbers in the area and breaches. New South Wales Assistant Police Commissioner Tony Cook says the force has been left with no choice but to act on the health advice. We have a difficulty in southwest Sydney. This is all about helping our community to comply. Where we do not get that compliance, we will enforce, be very clear. We are continuing this work in a high visibility sense. We are also continuing it with our community leaders. And New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian met privately with key multicultural leaders overnight after the major operation was slammed for targeting specific suburbs. Meantime, health experts are warning Sydney may have to impose stricter lockdown measures if it's to beat the Delta COVID outbreak. President of the Australian Medical Association, Dr Omar Korshid, said speculation we can live with the variant is nonsense, with the majority of the Australian population not vaccinated. There's no alternative to elimination for for New South Wales uh, and nowhere in the world has uh, any community been able to live with Delta uh, without very significant levels of vaccination. We are simply not ready to live with this Delta strain. And in breaking news on the COVID front this morning, it's set to be a very different Olympics with all spectators now banned from attending the Games in Tokyo. Japan has declared a state of emergency as case numbers of the highly contagious Delta variant continue to spread in the country. Health officials yesterday confirmed more than 900 new infections in Tokyo in just one day, and that's the highest number since mid-May. The Games are set to start on the 23rd of July. And the Barty Party continues at Wimbledon with Ash becoming the first Australian woman in 41 years to make the singles final. Barty put on a stunning display to beat Angelique Kerber in straight sets. A moment of, of relief, um, a, a moment of pure excitement. It was it was something that I'd never never knew if I would I would feel. And we'll have more on the sensational win coming up shortly in sport. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in New South Wales and the Department of Education has been hit with a cyber attack just days before Sydney schools prepare to move to online learning. Teachers have not been able to get access to the department's online portal or access a number of vital resources. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has the details from Sydney. 
Yeah, that's right, Tosh. As you said, it comes just days before Sydney schools shift to online learning and it's prompted calls for the state government to extend the school holidays another week. The department has released a statement saying the attack forced it to deactivate a number of internal systems as a precaution. It says teams have been able to isolate the issue and are working to reactivate services as soon as possible. Also admitting the timing creates considerable challenges for teachers preparing for the start of Term 3. The matter has been referred to police and federal agencies. And to Queensland and businesses across the state are being warned to expect random compliance checks with the state's contact tracing app mandatory now for a range of new industries from today. Those who don't comply face fines of more than $13,000 or jail time. Our reporter David Shiraz has the details from Brisbane. Good morning, Tash. Well, places like shopping centres, grocery stores, gyms, hairdressers and stadiums are all required to comply with the check-in Queensland app from today. Health authorities say it's about keeping the economy open and everyone needs to do their part. But the implementation of the app has led to customer abuse and we're being urged to be patient. Data is only stored for 56 days to assist with contact tracing, but can be accessed by police in exceptional circumstances. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large from CanStar. Effie, good morning. Some great news this morning with one of the major banks stepping in to help small businesses struggling during COVID lockdowns with allowing them to defer repayments. Yeah, good morning, Tash. This is good news because generally with the, the assistance with small business, it's been very ad hoc. I mean, the banks have been there, but it's been very individual or tailored, unlike what we saw last year, say, for, for personal customers blanket decisions were made. People could defer their mortgages, say, up to six months and so on. So the Commonwealth Bank last night uh, issued a, a press release basically saying that they're expanding their support to small businesses and essentially if they've got a, a better business loan, they'll be offered a repayment holiday of up to three months to provide that much-needed cash flow relief. Of course, you know, the devil's got to be in the detail. These loans, I'm assuming, will be the interest compounded. You've got to pay them back. And this is a huge problem for small businesses, the mounting amount of debt that's accumulating every time, I I guess, they go into a lockdown and they need to kind of uh, uh, use their cash flow either in an overdraft and increase their debt. Now, from next Tuesday, CBA will be contacting the customers. With other banks, I suggest you call them and see if they can follow suit. I think, Tash, more, pe- more banks will come out and, and hopefully we'll see a bit more of a streamlined process there. It's also worth noting that there's been a tweak to the COVID-19 temporary disaster payment. Um, we, that's where you can get up to $500 per week if you've lost 20 hours. That liquid asset test, now that's actually been waived. That's where if you've got more than 10000 in savings, you wouldn't be able to access it. But the catch is, this is only waived for the third week of a federally uh, uh, organised lockdown, recognised lockdown, sorry. Devil's always in the detail. And Effie, we know the uh, property market is red hot right across the country at the moment. Yeah, and this is concerning. This came out from Domain. So the, nationally, the, the medium asking rent has hit a record high, $477 per week. It, it's not good because as property becomes 
so more, uh, you know, unaffordable, we can't just reach that. Renting is going to be the, the, the way moving forward. The tables are going to turn from, you know, a homeowner nation to a renting nation. And, and Queensland, for example, has the highest proportion of people renting. One in three Queenslanders rent. And since the pandemic, I've been told that the calls to the assistant to the tenants Queensland have increased 53%. And no doubt these rental price hikes are only going to further cause rental stress. So the most expensive places to, to live, uh, doesn't surprise me, Canberra came in in top spot at $6, uh, $630 sorry, a, a week. Um, that's $60 above this time last year. Dunn was the most expe- uh, second most expensive. It saw a jump of 20% year on year. And for the first time, Sydney fell into third spot, uh, $550 per week. Um, if you're looking for affordability, Melbourne and Adelaide, they're on par there. Um, look, there are a number of reasons why prices have moved, but I guess um, speaking to some real estate agents, Tash, uh, I'm actually seeing some creative ways that people are kind of getting ahead of their applications and standing out. In some cases, people are now putting photos of pets on their application to get across the line just to show the landlords that they haven't got a great game, they've only got a chihuahua, please accept us in. <laughs> and if the Puppy's cute. Winning, winning, winning. Thanks so much, Effie. Thanks, <laughs> Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, as we mentioned earlier, a sensational win overnight for Ash Barty at Wimbledon. And now she is hoping to follow in the footsteps of her idol, Yvonne Gulagong Cawley, after a sensational win last night. Yes, so good morning, Tash. As you said, uh, one win away from matching her idol, who first lifted the Wimbledon Trophy 50 years ago. She's the last Aussie woman to make the final back in 1980. Barty broke that drought overnight, holding her nerve to beat Anjali Kerber in the semi-finals, and told Nine it is a childhood dream come true. I've had an incredible journey. I've had ups and downs and, and everything in between, and I wouldn't change one day or one moment or one kind of road that we've taken in my path and my journey. It's been unique, incredible. It's been tough. Great win. Kerber, a former champion back in 2018 in sensational form, actually led Barty 5-2 in the second. Barty fought back, took it to a tiebreak where she dominated. Next up, it's Carolina Pliskova, who was also into the Wimbledon final for the first time. So looking forward to that. Hopefully she can go one better and lift that trophy on the weekend. And after the earlier breaches with the NRL, this is extraordinary, this story. Brett, Queensland's origin side has been rocked by a COVID breach ahead of Game 3. Yeah, this uh, beggar's belief. Jai Arrow has spent his first night in isolation. He was sensationally booted from Marone's camp on the Gold Coast for allegedly breaching COVID protocols by bringing an unregistered guest into the team hotel. In a statement, the Bunny Star says he's truly sorry for his actions, knowing he's let a lot of people down. He's uh, 35k out of pocket for the breach and on top of missing next week's Origin 3. He's also ruled out for South Sydney's Round 18 clash with Canterbury. Last night, the Raiders got a much-needed win over Manly, 30-16. to 16. It's been a season to forget for Ricky Stewart's side. He launched a passionate defence of his club and players after the match. You hear a lot of comment about our, our situation at the moment, that we're fractured as a group, uh, we've got issues in the camp. We haven't, um, but we're all very competitive individuals. The Bunnies and the Cowboys play tonight in Newcastle. And also, Brett, to the AFL, the Demons are back on top as Port Adelaide failed another top-four test. 
Yeah, sensational last night. Melbourne at the Adelaide Oval, beating the power by 31 points. Christian Petrarca turned it on, especially in the second quarter. He had three goals and 33 disposals. Tom McDonald, Cozzy Pickett also had three goals each. Coach Simon Goodwin says that they shook off some of their scoring issues as well. Yeah, it's probably something we've looked at about just being a little bit more aggressive in how we played right across the ground. You know, I think there's probably in the last six weeks we've had periods of games and whole games where we probably just lost our ability to pressure the ball carrier a little bit. For the power, that's the fourth time they've lost to top four opposition this season, making it worse. Zach Butters, one of their young stars, subbed out in the third quarter. That was his comeback game after 13 weeks out. Looks like he has a knee injury. Fingers crossed it's not serious, Tash. Brett, indeed. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. And the world's tallest sandcastle has been unveiled in Denmark, standing at more than 21 metres high, which is three metres taller than the previous Guinness World Record. The designer used more than 4,000 tonnes of sand to build it. While as for what inspired the masterpiece, the coronavirus pandemic, with the castle even topped with a COVID crown. May have had a lot of time on his hands during lockdown. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Happy Friday. Stay safe. Have a great weekend. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early on Monday. Listener.